Hi and welcome to A Roaring Podcast, where we interview interesting guests talking about innovation, data, product development and tech. Stay tuned and get some new insights. My name is Pontus Holmberg and I'm your host. In today's episode of A Roaring Podcast, we will meet Hannes Hellander, who is Head of Startup Program at Connect Sweden. We will talk about what is innovation and how do you go from a great idea to get that investment. Stay tuned. Hi folks, welcome to A Roaring Podcast with me, Pontus Holmberg. I'm super excited today to introduce my old colleague and friend, but most important, Head of Startup Program at Connect. Welcome, Hannes. Thank you, Pontus. It's uh, really exciting to be here. Uh, and also to have a well, opportunity to to talk with you over this these topics over the next I don't know half an hour hour. Yes, happy that you are here. So your title, head of startup program, maybe it's self-explanatory, but could you just elaborate? What do you do then as a head of startup program, and what do Connect do? Well, Connect in itself is is a nationwide, actually non-profit organization. So we're working, the core of what we're doing is to support and help entrepreneurs and startup and scale-up companies to take, take their companies to the next level. Uh, and this could be getting the right investors on board uh, or getting the right inputs and uh, people on board to, uh, well, to continue their, their growth journey. And what I'm doing, I'm uh, in charge in this in the eastern region here for all the work that we are doing with early stage startups. So that means meeting a lot of companies, figuring out which ones work for us and for which we are a good fit. You, you said that you're a nonprofit organization. Can you, what does, the, I obviously understand what it means, but how does that relate to the business or the service that you actually conduct at Connect? Because no one is paying you for your service or do they, how, how do you get money to be funded as an organization? Yeah, well, there are, uh, as with many startups in this field, particularly, or in many uh, nonprofits in this uh, organizations, perhaps in this field, uh, there are multiple like revenue streams. But for sure, the companies that we are working with and the investors that we are organizing in our network are also financially compensating us for the services we're doing. Ah, but okay. the nonprofit part is more that we are not supposed to make a profit, no. but to reinvest everything that we are uh, doing into the business so that we can help more companies. I understand. Or, and then is the follow-up question on that. Uh, do you, as an organization, take stake in the companies that, that you are supporting? Does that happen or is it... Uh, yeah. No. No, that's that's one of our uh, one of our perhaps key differentiators towards a lot of other uh, players in this field is that we are not taking uh, a stake in the in the companies that we are working with, but we are facilitating the uh, the meetings between the entrepreneurs and the investors, for example. So, does it have any? Does Connect have any particular sort of niche that you are focusing on, or do you support any? <laughs> Any startup company that that you, you see have a, a fit or that that has a potential to, to grow or or how does it work? But basically, we see we uh, support companies in all industries, so we're industry agnostic, uh, is what I would say. But of course, since the companies are coming to us uh, with the hopes of finding an investor, also in the investor network that we are managing, uh, 
uh, we, we typically look at two different criteria. Number one, do we think this company has a good potential to find a good match in our network? Uh, that's number one. And secondly, also, do we think that what we, the value we can provide to the company, uh, will that be, will it be big enough or high enough, important enough for this company, regardless if they meet an investor or not? Oh, okay. Because getting, getting the actual end investor deal, that's sometimes very difficult. There's yes. so many different factors. So we want to make sure that the entrepreneurs and startups feel that they have not wasted their time if they didn't catch an investor with us. They will still have learned some valuable stuff. So that's, that's what we're trying to, to balance. I understand. So, yeah, with that said, um, I had another sort of, uh, not question, but a topic that I obviously would like to, to discuss with you since this podcast is slightly oriented towards product development, innovation, tech. Uh, but I always sort of cherry pick your brain in, in terms of um, innovation, mm -hmm. uh, which often uh, I, I think can be used as a, it's, it's a buzzword. You know, you, you put it in there, uh, doesn't mean, really means that uh, it might be innovate, innovation. Uh, me, for an example, I think I have the title um, product manager or product manager innovation, whatever. But I just want to cherry pick a little bit on, on that. What's your sort of take on, on that concept that innovation is, is now, it's a buzzword. Do you agree with that? Is that something that you see that a lot of people uh, or companies are, are using? And, and also linking that to, to sort of your role, uh, do you meet potential clients or startups or, or concepts or ideas where, where they think that they are innovative, but then when you, when you look at it, you can, you know, this is not innovation or this is not innovative. I think you're definitely right there. There is innovation as a word has been a buzzword for, for quite some time, actually. I think when we met initially, that's more than 15 years ago, uh, it was, an in, it was a buzzword then. It's still a buzzword. And it's unfortunately because innovation in itself is super important. It's very, it, it, I, I find it a pity that it has become such of a, such of a buzzword that it's used sometimes without any, uh, anything backing it up. Uh, so I would definitely, I would say that it is a buzzword. You hear a lot of companies mentioning innovation. We do it ourselves. Mm. We're, we're supposedly uh, working with innovation-based uh, and venture-backed mm. uh, companies. Uh, but if you unpack what is innovation, of course, you will, you, you will get to the root and you will, you will, uh, you will unfold the values that innovation gives, which is actually creating value. I think that's the, that's the most important. The most important part, using new technologies, business models, or thoughts in, in various ways to, to create value where there was no value before, or increase the value that wasn't there before. I, I, I make a note on, on, you know, when you sort of describe it as, as you know, creating value because sort of a follow-up question or in, in my notes, I, I think this is my opinion only, but I think that often when you talk about innovation, you often tends to, to get back to the sort of technology advancement that, you know, innovation is and uh, it equals some kind of technology pioneer, pioneering something within technology. Uh, if that's within the fintech industry, it might be some 
you know, cleverness around uh, a, a payment platform and they discovered some or developed something unique or, or new. So, but I think that I agree with you and I, I like when you describe it as, you know, innovation, if I understand you correct, yeah, it, it might be technology oriented, but you also mentioned business models. That can be innovation if, you, if, you, if you actually uh, come up with, with a concept that, that potentially can change how you, how you, how you uh, run your businesses, how you, how you uh, sell your product, etc. And, and then it just links back to the, that, that create value. So would you say that this vast concept of innovation, um, if it creates value, can it be then considered as innovation? It doesn't necessarily have to be inventing something or it doesn't need to be code or programmatic stuff that you're putting into it. It can be... It can, it can be, I think most often, it's a combination of, mm. of various things. Mm. Uh, and I, yeah, we sometimes, or quite often, meet companies that have what I perhaps would call more an invention mm. than an innovation. Yeah. Uh, and that's the, that's the okay, we've, we've figured out this new cool technology. Uh, but to make that technology, which is great, which is, of course, I mean, you, 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 you need that, that too. But for the technology to uh, create value, you need to add something more. Mm. Sometimes if you're super lucky, you just plug it into your existing business and it creates new value for someone or it creates value for someone new. Uh, but quite often you need to uh, take different, different parts. Okay, we're tweaking our business model. We're adding a new customer group, for example, or, or doing something uh, new to add, to create. Because I think the important thing is that it should create new value or value in a new way yeah. or value for new new clients or new customers or new users so, so i guess that <clears throat> when you at connect uh, sort of evaluate uh, the 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 potential startups and or the companies that are a startup and want to scale up uh, when you are then sort of obviously that you know innovation part in is an important part of your evaluation i, yeah. I guess yeah uh, what what would be the criteria, and, and if you just elaborate a little bit, how do you look at it then? If you take a, sort of a specific example, or, or in, in the way that you your thought process, yeah, in, in yeah, but I, of of course, it's very from 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 case to case. But an interesting case, I think, which uh, a company that we worked with uh, last year is still working with uh, in in various ways. Uh, uh, it's called Din Psykolog. Hmm? So it's. Uh, in, in the group of like online uh, psychology, uh, you have Mindler. There, there, there are a couple of others mm. in this playing field. And when I first met Ramsey uh, of, of the Instagolog, this one and a half year ago, uh, there, so he described their, their service and said, okay, so we're, we're starting like super low tech. So we are only using chat. Yeah. So it's only meetings with psychologists over, over, over chat. No, no video at, at that? No video. Oh, okay. No video. Uh, and what we or together figured out and what, what his data showed from those initial stages that that was that actually was a bit of an innovative mm -hmm. because they reached clients which they couldn't reach otherwise. They, yeah. New groups, yeah. perhaps you're a lot of people at home you can't take a video call. You don't have a you don't have a space for a video call. No. This was also during the pandemic. Everyone yeah. was home. Yeah. And perhaps this is sensitive. Yeah, but, yeah you don't but, want but, to but, but, but with a chat, you could actually sit with the rest of your family, 
in the sofa and you could chat with your psychologist. Uh, and I thought that was actually, that was a using an existing, not no new technology, actually a pretty old technology. Yeah. Uh, but it created value for a new type of customer. Yeah. So, yeah. So that actually explains your sort of, what you said before, that, that innovation for you guys and, and that connected, you know, does it create value? And, and this is a good does, example does because this value? is obviously, uh, it was actually removing a technology part from the solution or in the business model or in the technology model that they just removed the, uh, the video sort of uh, opportunity and then it created value. And th that's what you saw when yep. you, you yep. And, yeah, that's a good example. Yep. Um, but do they have video now or are they still using? Uh... They, 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 are, they, are, they are working to add video. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's see what the final, uh, yeah. where the final product will end up. Uh, it's, it's a journey, mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's an example of uh, particularly finding new, new customers or new users in, in new fields, underserved customers, which I think is, a, is super important, and which most of the time actually requires some kind of innovation. And it's not always the tech innovation. No. That that's needed. It could be some something else. Yeah. Of figuring out the situation of the user and the requirements for how can we make this uh, how can we make this usable, more feasible for, for other people. But then I guess that this was a good example. They joined your program. You've seen you see uh, the potential in it. Obviously not mentioning any names in, in this question that I would have uh, that I would put, but uh, I guess that there might be also interesting uh, concepts and, and, and ideas that that comes to you, but they are not fulfilling your sort of your requirement for working with them, mm -hmm. but they can be uh, it, they could be a good startup anyway. Do, do you have any where you say, okay, this is not for us, but you know they are still an interesting uh, company, but they're obviously, we work with someone else to support them. But, but do you have some sort of examples of where you, yeah, when, when do you turn them down, basically? Yeah, to, if, if, if they're an interesting company, uh, we try to figure out a way to actually work with them. Mm. Uh, either if, if we would turn them down, uh, like completely say this is, this, this is not for us, that's, Typically, because we feel that they don't need our services, that we cannot okay, provide yeah. any additional value. They might already have a strong investor network and, and investors going coming in, and that they should focus instead of working with us. They should focus on on the job at hand, mm. uh, and then we will keep the relationship. Perhaps we will bring them in into our network and uh, and have them in discussions with other startups which are facing the same kind of issues, or mm. where, where they can provide something. Uh, so sometimes that happens. Otherwise, quite often it could be that they are too early in the phase. Yeah. Like this is this seems super interesting, but you need to work. You need to work a little bit more to get a little bit further until it's worthwhile for you to uh, engage in a program like the one we are having. Yeah. I guess a challenge would be that you said that they might be too early. Uh, is that because that they just come with an idea, or or what? What's your sort of take or requirement in, in what kind of level do you need to be at when, when approaching you? Do you, need to, do, you need, do you need to be a company? Do you need to be a registered company? Do you need to have uh, a prototype or a product? Or do you need to have sales or, or so? Yeah, what, what mm -hmm. kind of? So, 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 so first we have like some, some formal, like it should be a registered 
company mm. uh, because otherwise it makes it difficult yeah. for us to work with them or and for investors to invest in them. Yeah. Uh, but apart from that, what we're looking at is uh, we prefer to have at least a founder team, so at least two founders. Uh, I think this is super uh, super important, and you should have. Well, depending a little bit on, on which kind of industry and which kind of product or service that you're providing, uh, you can be earlier or you can be a little bit later. Let's say you're super research heavy. Uh, you're perhaps then perhaps you're a little bit earlier in stage uh, because that journey is, is quite long. Mm. But if you're doing like an e-commerce uh, an e-commerce play, uh, you probably have customers and you perhaps have revenue mm. up to a couple of millions too yes. because that's it's easy to start yeah. and and the, the journey looks different uh, but typically very rarely just from idea stage or actually never from idea stage uh, you should have at least validated your major assumptions and you should have some kind of first version or uh, MVP or prototype or pilot running a little bit depending on which kind of industry which kind of technology uh, you're using. Interesting. I, I remember when, I, I, when we worked together, uh, this is a long time ago, but uh, I, we were working uh, in a small company uh, called Agent25, working with uh, uh, digital media monitoring services. Uh, at that time, the concept of, you know, uh, you know, Pontus, where do you work at? You know, uh, I didn't say, you know, I'm, I work in a startup. I said, you know, I'm working in a small company that been around for two or three years working within mm. digital media monitoring. I'm just curious on, on your take and your definition of you know what is a startup and and when does that sort of transform to be a scale up and when it and when would you consider it as a you know a normal mature company? What what's those sort of steps? You know, is it oh if you are five people then you are a startup or if you are 24, then we will call you a scale-up, or is it is it you know based on revenue, or or is it any way that you actually can define it? I I, I wish there was <laughs> a super easy definition that everyone would agree on. Uh, unfortunately, it is not. But but the way I think about it is, uh, if you start from the what what's a what's a small company and what's a, what's a startup, what's an SME? Because there we have a lot of in the statistics, startups are also in the kind of SME uh, segments, but the more traditional SMEs, I would say those those are more focused on organic growth, whereas startups, uh, which is the very loosely defined, also small companies wanting to do something new. Mm. I think there is there is an there is an element of of some novelty, call it innovation, yeah. or call it something new within that they found. And they also have the ambition to grow very rapidly. Mm. I think that's uh, that's in in that initial uh, stage, and and this rapid growth, I think that's what's causing a lot of the challenges. Uh, because how, how do you achieve it? How do we finance it? Do we need external capital? Most SMEs do not need external capital. No. For the first focus is getting uh, profitability yeah. and getting getting uh, like cash flow so we can continue the business. Whereas for a for a startup that that financing journey might look completely different. Uh, so then when you get to scale up, I would say that's, you've had your startup, uh, right, it's gone well, you've, perhaps you've had your uh, first customers, you can show 
you can show that you have proven your business model, you're getting repeat customers, mm -hmm. and you are starting to, okay, if we uh, work in this way, we can easily get one more customer or 10 more customers uh, through the same way because we figured out, figured out the model. Uh, and I think in that case, you're starting to become a scale-up. You're ready to scale. You have yeah. to have a model, or at least a model that's working. And if you pour in more resources into this model, you will get exponentially uh, exponential growth on, yeah. on the other side. And that's when you're around that stage is where you're a scale up. And that can happen pretty differently when it comes to company size or uh, revenue uh, size, uh, depending a little bit on your on your market. Some technology sectors goes, it goes very, very quickly. Mm. Uh, and they can really uh, scale very quickly, and they've, they've figured out their their business model. Where in some other cases, it takes much longer. Yeah. So, if I understand it correct, a a startup is is something more than just a newly started company. It it it, it has some other content in it to be to 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 be defined as a startup. Uh, one thing that I've noticed uh, is that you're also as a company or as a startup, you're often or even bigger companies, they want to ride on that, you know, the startup trend and, and that sort of ecosystem. Because uh, often when, when, you, when you meet customers or companies, they, they tend to also use, uh, including startups, but they, they tend to use the concepts of, you know, okay, what are you doing? You know, we are operating within the fintech industry and we are operating in the travel tech industry and we are operating in the reg tech industry. Mm. Sometimes we talk about like X tech. And replace X with whatever you're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever you're yeah. doing, whatever old industry that you're working in. Uh, unfortunately, perhaps I think these worlds they will just become the new. We won't call it bank and finance sector anymore. We will no. start to in a couple of years. Every everyone will be calling themselves fintech. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so they, it will just replace the old industry names. Uh, and of course, I think perhaps in the uh, underlying is is the digitalization mm. of society because we have our existing industries and, and business models and you're using some digital tech, hence the tech part, to, uh, to enhance this mm. uh, or, or to grow it or to scale it or to survive. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, but, but I, I agree, a lot of people and also for investors, investors are, most of them are just normal people like you. Yeah. yeah. And, and if, if if we think it sounds cool with with travel tech or fintech, they they also think it's fine. Yeah, it sounds cool with with all those words. I think you are onto something because in the future, then obviously you would then have ripped out the the innovative part of because if that's a, a way to just describe an an, an a industry, uh, it means that if any bank would refer themselves, you know, we are within the fintech uh, area, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are. But I'm, I feel pretty confident that the new generation of of entrepreneurs that will that will start their companies in, in in a couple of years, they will figure out a way to distinguish themselves yeah. from from the new legacy companies. That 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 will be Klarna will be a legacy company. Spotify will be a legacy yeah. company in ten years, and the ones doing the coolest things or the most the cutting edge technology, they will they will figure out a way yeah. to and not refer them. That, so yeah. they will not refer themselves. In the future of a, being a fintech company because that's been hijacked by companies that once were 
a true fintech company challenging then 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 matured and became just an old legacy company so they, yeah. you, what what you're saying basically i think is there will be other concepts of describing uh, companies that are challenging the status quo and and, yeah. and and are in the forefront of something yeah, uh, yeah. let's see what those then let's let's, let's see what are. the future brings but just going back to the uh, I'm, I'm not meaning to, to speak badly about investors, but an interesting okay. then is, so you, you said that, yeah, they are normal people. Of course they are normal people, but they start to look beyond the, the concept of FinTech because if, 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 if that's sort of, what's the word? Uh, uh, devaluated concept that it doesn't really, it just a, becomes more of a buzzword. So, so I said that um, when using those words, it, it draw more attraction to, to our company or to, to our investor pitch. But will there be a point where those, those concepts and those way of describing a company when it doesn't have any value anymore? I think that, the, of course, I mean, of, of course, investors are very many different types of investors. Yes. You, have, you have venture capital companies where you might be talking to, to uh, someone managing a fund or pool of, mm. of money from other resources you might be talking to a business angel mm. who has uh, uh, who has gathered resources and are now personally into uh, investing his or her own money mm. uh, which are very different uh, but i would say most serious investors uh, at least the ones the ones we meet once i meet in in, in the network and in other places uh, they might get interested from the initial, like in the pitch. Yeah. It's a fintech company. Yeah. It's not a finance and banking services company. Nope. Uh, but 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 the serious and good ones, they will they will want to know more about. Yeah, the yeah they see uh, through yeah, that. Yeah. Sort so of, so they, yeah. in 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 the second meeting, that's okay. Fintech. This sounds interesting. I might take a second meeting. In mm. the second meeting, uh, they will want to know a little bit more about your business and how you're thinking and uh, things like that. But but then again, also when it comes with the private investors or business angels, uh, you have you have a lot of people. People have different experience levels. Yes, and some are some are some are new uh, to the investment game and don't really know how to play it. Some are perhaps new to your to your industry yeah. and some things that sounds cool. So there are there is uh, there, there there's a lot of uh, uh, yeah, a lot of different type of investors. I would say though, for a even though it might seem. Uh, initially might seem great this is an investor and we, we're labeling ourselves as as fintech and they're on the ball they want to invest x uh, x amount of money in our in our company uh, that might be a good thing but the investor who poses the most difficult questions and are the difficult most difficult person to get on board that yeah. might be the better investor yeah uh, especially in the early stages, you need uh, investors who know what they're doing. So then you would say that, at least from your horizon, that yeah, you need the funding potentially, but you need you that need to knowledge. find the right investor, yeah. the investor that you can that you can work with. Yeah, uh, and when it when it goes when it goes south, when when there is a difficult period or a year, and uh, you need to be sure that that investor is not suddenly. Like just a uh, just a pain working with mm. and reporting to, and suddenly figures are not looking as good as you projected them. Uh, so you need to get the yeah need to get the right investors on board. Okay, we often talk with, with these companies about don't think about the 
owner group. And as founders, you are part of the owner group. Yeah. So you are you are inviting uh, other owners to your group. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's 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 what you're doing. So you need to be able to work with these other owners as an owner of your company. And you also, of course, need their their, their capital and finances to to reach the point. And, and the most important point here is when you when you reach the point of some kind of cash flow positive, then suddenly until that point, you are dependent yeah. on the investors. If if money runs out, you need to go to them because you won't get a bank loan, you won't get nope. any other uh, funding. So make sure that you have investors on board that that you have a good relation with. And we as as investors do their due diligence on companies. We also strongly recommend and try to get all our companies do your due diligence on the investors mm. as well. What other companies have they invested in? Talk to some of the founders. Mm. How have that how that collaboration worked? Okay, they they are they are saying they can help us to open doors to. Uh, get new businesses did they say that to you too did they actually do it yeah oh, so that you are uh, choosing the right people but of course sometimes you need to take the money because that's the that's the that's really the situation you are in but um, try to also run, get the right people on board but I, I can just imagine also that that it, you know taken in an investor and if that investor is focusing on the return on investment, you know, uh, uh, as an yeah, obviously he's investing in the company, and obviously the whole concept of doing that is that he wants a return on his yeah, investment sure. with sure. a multiplier in. Sure. Yeah. But if, if you have that mindset only as an investor, obviously that's your end goal. Mm -hmm. But I guess that whether you then have meetings with with the the ones that you invested in, I'm not sure this happens. But but that might be a stress because you need to you need to conduct and and, and drive your company based on you know. Um, your idea and your, your and your and, and, and yeah. your concept, and and as you said, to see the investor as a yeah a part of that journey rather than someone that that put put in some money and then wants to have a return on his investment because that's I, I guess that that's just at least from my point of view if I would run a startup and I got some money and that the guy that that sent me the money is then just constantly you know. Asking for you know his yeah. you know when will we go break even when will we you know in, when will we show profit and and yes calculating you know oh, I invested four yeah. million yeah. within four years I want to have sixteen million but but it's not a question in this but it's just I, I can just imagine that that might be uh, a challenge yeah. for yeah, I think I, th I think you can have in, in the early stages quite often it's it's a mix of it's it's, it's a group of investors mm -hmm. that might might win and if one of those are more passive just doing it more like a financial investment yeah. that might be okay mm. if it's if it's a like a good person so it's not uh, someone shady but i think the at these early stages you need so much more yeah than just the capital and getting the right person inside let's say it's an industry insider who's had a great executive career and now is investing in you mm. and you're targeting that same industry actually th those contacts might be Worth much much more than whatever mm -hmm. money he he invested in the in the beginning, uh, and so yeah, so it's uh, getting the right people and the people who can support your business. Uh, of course, financially, it's very. I mean, that's that's the base, but uh, also have something else that they can input because you will need more yeah. than just the money. 
Yeah. Otherwise, the money will typically the the money invested runs out, and the investor stays on board, stays still on board as a as a as an owner. Yeah. Or uh, part owner. So, uh, so I think that's uh, important to make sure that also that journey is uh, as well, and that they can continue to provide value. I understand. So I, I think I guess you answered the, the, the another question that I had, but but I will put it. Uh, I, will, I will ask it anyway. But and I know that you will say that it depends on the business. But I might not. <laughs> but so with that said, what would then if you conclude? You know what what's good investor is there? Can, yeah, if, mm. if you you mm. can express what mm. what's a good investor, and and we can then talk about what is a uh, sort of the counterpart and what would be a, a good startup. When, when do that? When, when would you say that you know this is a really good match? When, yeah. when those two things meet, big things will happen, or, or potentially uh, has a better chance to happen to succeed them as a company. Yeah, of, of, of course, there, there's a lot, there, <laughs> yeah. there's a, there are a lot of different components, but I think one one important thing is that you, as a as a founder and the investor, that you can share and agree on the same goal with the company mm-hmm. that you want, so that you want to do the same. That okay, we we are in in five to ten years. This is what we would like this company to be, uh, and that's a long journey. Yes, and there will be ups and there will be downs, uh, but as long as you have agreed on this is what we want to do with it, and, and the different parameters that I, that includes product or market or size of company or whatever it could be, but as long as you have some common understanding on on the direction and where you want to go you will have an easier time to go through the tough times because when it's everything is fine and well and and you're invoicing more this month than you invoiced last month of course not everyone will be happy but there will not only be those moments there will also be tougher moments where things didn't work out as expected the big contracts you've been working for for half a year it's kind of doesn't happen someone new coming so uh, i would say that's the and also that there is a uh, openness so you can have it you can have a, a fruitful valuable discussion yeah uh, so that yeah as a founder that does not only come with the investor but the investors can be a good advisor if there's if it's the right person yeah uh, for whatever it can be in the, for the industry it could be organizing the company getting like uh, what we say in Swedish ordning oriada yes if that's important for your for your company it might be Perfect to have someone who who knows who knows that. So um, that the investor should be able to provide more value than just the capital. I think that's yeah. the, that's the ideal. Perhaps not all investors, but at least a couple of a couple of the investors in your uh, initial external investigation. Do the startup company then need to adjust? Because I guess when you are an entrepreneur, you, you have a very strong belief in in, in whatever innovation or, or company or idea that mm. you have. And then just imagine that you know th- this very senior uh, investor comes in and and, and puts a lot of um, things uh, to the company, um, insights to the company, and, and and can support that startup. But if if those insights might collide with the concept of of the entrepreneurs, I, I, I'm not sure whether that happens. But I, I guess so. The question would be: Should you assess? You know, should you hold on to your sort of general vision? But or do you need to, do you need to be able to adjust, or how much would you be need, need to be able to adjust? Because at some point, yeah. I, I'm just guessing that someone comes in and starting to be a really uh, 
involved as an investor mm-hmm. and and then with the seniority you know and and then tries to shift so th- so the whole concept would be changed mm-hmm. that, that that doesn't really me uh, it doesn't really when you look at it one year after you know this is not what you know i was expecting as an uh, as a founder of the company this was my concept this was the goal but now we yeah. i've been pushed <laughs> towards yeah. a uh, i would say as as as, as a founder uh, or a founding team it is in anything perhaps but the financial part it's your company yeah so i think you should of course you should not do that into <laughs> into oblivion no by being i mean as long as you're uh, open and take in other ideas and uh, so forth but but you are you, you you got this ship in motion yeah and if you still feel that this is the direction we should be taking not because you're hanging on to uh, to your old darlings so so perhaps sometimes you have to kill your darlings that's fine but but I think the founder and the founders are the ones that are the investor will not drive the company so no the founders have to drive the company yeah the investors can support the founders in 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 driving and growing the companies. So that should be the maybe it would be sort of self uh, a good investor will not push. If you if that. you if you choose the right investor and yeah. you did your due diligence yeah. and you feel that okay this is the right yeah. this is the right person that will help us in the right way. Of course, sometimes you make mistakes. Of course, and yeah, that, and that can be both both expensive and and and, and hard on your company. But there is no avoiding that but uh, try to think about the invest bringing in the investors as more than just getting money on yeah. your bank account yeah and that's you said that before and i yeah. think that would be my conclusion as well yeah. do not only follow the money because yeah the money's out there you yeah. will you know there's always yeah. someone with money but get the right one yeah that have money yeah and also can support your your growth and, and your uh startup yeah great um, my final, I think my final question, and this is really the one million dollar uh, question to you. Hannes. Oh, million dollars! Well, I get a million dollars. I know that you know um, our listeners are working within the field of innovation, tech, and product. They might be entrepreneurs, but they also might you know be sitting uh, at a company uh, providing their insights to a company. But they, I know that we have a lot of people listening to our podcast that. That has ideas and that has, I think that that has the mindset of you know I I want to you know go from taking an idea to 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 become a a startup or you know scale up etc. But do you have any sort of general small advices for our listeners that has those ideas? But how would you you know get started from this napkin idea uh, and and and, and taking the next step because obviously I have a lot of ideas mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I've been thinking of oh, this is a great I, I, w- I would do this and this and this but yeah so but how would I and our listeners take that napkin idea to at least formalize it to be able to at least take the the second step of of eventually starting their own company or or, or going from an idea to to at least to become a startup yeah. I, there's several yeah. steps. I understand that, but yeah. but okay. I wouldn't come if I come I, with a napkin with you. You would like, okay, great, Pontus, let's get a beer. <laughs> it, but it ends here yeah. because this is just a napkin idea. You know, yeah. you need to. So, what would you be? Yeah, perhaps, perhaps perhaps having a beer, but not with me. <laughs> no, but with someone else that yeah. you can recruit as a co-founder would yeah. be the best. Yeah, it would be because I think that's uh, of the 
things that we most often tell the companies we meet and that either we will be working with them or we will not be working with them for the crisis is number actually get a co-founder. And this can be, especially if you're like an idea person, it can can feel really, it can feel difficult mm. to share your idea and yeah. to get, but the idea will get better. Yeah. Your company will get, or your company that you will start will get stronger. Of, of course, you will have much, much easier to get investors. That's, an, that's another yeah. issue. But also doing a, doing a startup and the entrepreneur journey, it's tough. Yes. So if you're if you're on your own, super easy that you I mean you just get overworked, and then if, if you can't put up if you're two people, you can do that together, and that's that's actually a big thing. That's one of the main reasons why investors rarely invest in one, one founder single founder companies mm. because if this person taking on all the heat yeah. from the market from product whatever uh, just hits the wall yeah so so that's I would say. Get a co-founder really, really early on. Uh, it could be that napkin, beer, uh, and, uh, and actually, it's, it's a little bit like like getting an advisor, uh, investor on board because you yeah, have the initial idea. You, you, yeah. you, you need to sell it in, and this is someone that will start and join the company is in the with the same kind of uh, circumstances or uh, that you. And I think secondly, also be very generous with the with your co-founders. So yeah. don't don't. Don't be the Don't guy. Don't give one percent of the exactly, company. Exactly, exactly. Substantial. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, you're in. You're in for a marathon. Yeah. And you, and you haven't even left left Stockholm Stadium. No, exactly. You're you're you're, you're you, you have you've run a couple of hundred meters. Yeah. You still have forty two thousand meters to go, uh, and you will go that together. So uh, be generous. I, I, I would say you don't see that often, but I would say okay, split it evenly. Yeah. If you're three founders. Yeah. One third each. Yeah. That's uh, your initial idea. It's. Uh, it, it's great, but that's not what will create no. value in the long no, run. No, I, I understand that. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, so linked to that. Uh, second ad advice or or insight uh, would be fall in love with the execution and fall less in love with the idea. Mm. Yeah. So uh, trans transform from. Holding on, uh, or that, yeah, as you said, you yeah. you love your idea, yeah. and then and then you because it's it 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 might be a it might be tough to hear, but your idea there is probably quite a few people who have more or less the same idea, yeah. and there is I I can tell you from all the incoming uh, emails, messages, phone calls, etc. There is no lack of ideas. No, there. no. There are so many ideas. Some are great. Yes. Some are really great. What there is a uh, there is a Definite lack of execution capability. People who can actually execute on this idea and create value uh, for customers, for users, for society. Yeah. So, so I think pretty early on, start to fall in love with the execution and not just the initial idea that you had that's so great. No, how do we actually get this? How do we get this working? How do we get it out to customers? How does this work in reality? What do we have to change? What do we have to shift? So uh, fall in love with the execution. A great and idea. Fall, fall less in love with the with the idea, or, or be able to to let your idea go, kill your darlings. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then as like a third third one, which we see quite often is uh, don't be afraid of sales. Mm. 
uh, especially early on. There's a little bit different different types of, but, but sometimes you have founders who come from the more creative or it could be the research side. And perhaps it's, it's, it's not their, their competence is not within sales. No. That's, that's fine. That's just, I mean, that's the way it is. Yes. But it doesn't mean that you don't have to try to learn it. No, uh, no. And, 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 if, and if you are clever enough to, to figure out uh, complicated physics simulation, whatever, you are clever enough to, to get an idea of what you need to do with sales. Yeah. So even if you bring on someone from the outside, you are as a founder, you're still in charge. This is a sales strategy. Yeah. That's not something you, you don't ask someone external to make our sales strategy for this product. No, you, you need to be involved yeah. in that. And yeah. That, yeah. And, you, and you, don't do it, you don't do it as five minutes to 12. I mean, you, you no, should then no. take on that yeah, you should, journey. You should, you should have that, yeah. you should have that uh, sales strategy should be like in the first, the first yeah. meetings you have. How do, we, how do we get this out? And initially, perhaps you're not even selling it, but no. you, you are getting it out to the customers so that they actually can use it. So it's some value is created. Cool. So find a co-founder and be generous with your stake and don't forget about sales. <laughs> Thank you, Hannes. Uh, super kind and super nice to have you here. And it was awesome to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Great questions and great discussion. You've been listening to an episode of a Roaring podcast by Roaring IO. If you liked it, share it with a friend or a colleague. We would also love to stay connected with you. Please feel free to subscribe to the show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.